Hey everybody, you are listening and watching, or watching, you can only do, well, I guess if you're watching, you are doing both, but if you're yeah, listening, you you're only doing one. Anyway, this is so semantics many, of at this point. This is so many sequels, I'm Josh. Well, I'm still trying to figure out how to say that, how yeah. to introduce the people listening and how to introduce the people watching. Just say, hi friends, I'm Paul. You could say, thank you for joining so many sequels. Thank you for joining so many sequels <laughs> currently in progress. <laughs> exactly. I'm Josh. I'm Andrew. I'm Garrett. And I'm freezing. Was that a different order? No. They were a little you bit. know, yeah, for our, for our audio listeners, I will note that David is wearing a rather large coat right now. Why are you well, wearing I'll it? I'll tell in, you what. In his home. Because we're going to Antarctica for this movie. Oh, my God. Uh, oh, wow, and it's very wow, cold. Wow, wow, I'm yeah. freezing. Uh, you know, the snow melted from my beard after I came back in. <laughs> but to be really method with it, you guys know me. I watched this movie outside where it's like 40 degrees, uh, not as cold as obviously <laughs> the, the filming for this movie. Of course you But I uh, wanted to see if I could, you know, if I could see my breath while they were seeing theirs. It was interesting. Well, um, I am going to take this off though because it's hot. Well, yeah, I imagine. In this house. We are, we are going to talk about uh, John Carpenter's The Thing today on this show, mm-hmm. uh, released in 1982, directed by John Carpenter, written by Bill Lancaster, yeah. uh, based on... The 1938 novella, Who Goes There, by John W. Campbell Jr. Which is also a good title. <laughs> Who Goes There? Who Goes There? It is a good title. Um, so this movie is one of those uh, cult classics, basically. One of those movies that wasn't necessarily massive at the time, but has since gained quite a large following. It was... Um, um, I lost my word. Oh, they made a uh, a uh, a prequel much later in 2011, also called The Thing. So there is a there is a bit of a world. However, we're talking about the original thing, the 1982 thing. I don't suppose really have much intention to cover the prequel that they made. No, I I find the prequel kind of useless. I I could just do without it. I'll be real, not to go on a large tangent, but I m- largely find prequels to be kind of useless. Yes. Yeah, I mean, unless they're telling a really unique perspective that leads into right. it, you know, which doesn't really happen often enough, I feel like. And right. really, those could be classified more as spinoffs, usually. Right. But, uh, yeah, I mean, the, the prequel uh, apparently tells the story of what begins this Randy movie, Brady. which is a, a, a Norwegian group of scientists that are down the road from the Americans at this particular hut. Uh, have had an encounter of some sort, and we open the movie with uh, a guy chasing a dog, shooting at it with a sniper rifle from a helicopter. Yeah, we've got uh, we've so got three. we've got Kurt Russell in this movie. We've got Wilford Brimley in this movie. Mm-hmm. We've got we've got dogs in this movie. And uh, yeah, basically <laughs> <David>. they <laughs> oh, Keith David in the movie. Mm-hmm. We uh, yeah we we're following some some scientists researchers at this like remote kind of base in antarctica where they stumble across or encounter this basically alien life form um that's like eating everything it's like a parasite um so i'll start i haven't seen this movie in a very long time so i remembered almost nothing other than you know aliens alien thing I would say I will say it is it's good. It's a good movie. I didn't come out like 
loving it or anything like wow that was amazing i was just like it's it's pretty good um the effects i think hold up pretty well there's a lot it's very effects driven in terms of like gore and and monsters which is cool um obviously they're very practical effects with it being 1982 i i commented out loud multiple times this movie is gross and it's very gross uh i did not like and i don't like gross movies a lot so I kind of looked away in those moments. Because there's, there's something different to me between the grossness of like this alien creature and the grossness of like standard gore. I can handle gore a little better than creepy monster alien bug tentacles. Blah. I don't like it. I was going to ask you about like the, uh, the thumb cutting. Like whenever they were testing everybody's blood, yeah, like because yeah. I know that you don't like blood. I and wanted to quite know the aversion to blood. That. I don't like it. I don't like anything with blood. Then okay. that's that's my story, and I'm sticking to it. Okay. So beyond that, I don't feel like I have a lot to say in my in my little breakdown of the movie. I enjoyed it. Um, it's got cool effects. It's creepy, not necessarily scary. Um, but it's very creepy and it has kind of a, uh, a mysterious air to it that is fun. Um, but I, but I, so I think it, I think it definitely fits Halloween. Um, and I, I, I liked it well enough. So David, you're next. Yeah, this, you know, this was my, another one of my movies that I put on the wheel and yeah. uh, I went with it because I knew that there were some gory elements. I knew it was kind of like suspense driven and um, and kind of it kind of scary, but not you know I assumed much like uh, identity that it was going to be more of like a uh, you know a, a less conventional pick for a Halloween. And you know it doesn't really fit much with Halloween being set in the snow, but it is definitely driven by some scares. Um, that said. I like Josh like you. I really enjoyed myself. I enjoyed the movie. I thought the the, the plot was really good. Um, I didn't necessarily walk away like loving everything about it. I do have some detractions, but overall, I can see why many people regard this as a wildly foundational film for them. Uh, it has a really great ambiance, great setting, um, and I think if you're looking for a way to structure a story, it can it's very um, it's very good at doing that. Um, I do think that with the exception of, uh, two characters, it's a little weak in the, in the character development or, or even characterization department, all the characters aside from Kurt Russell and Wilford Brimley don't really have much to define them. Uh, I had a hard time remembering who any of them really were, uh, what their jobs were, what their roles were within the, within the building. That said, the the effects of the creature the thing uh were incredibly uh grotesque and awesome it was kind of a thing of like wow that's amazing that they did that and also wow that's really dis- <laughs> disgusting um i think that like like john carpenter's halloween this movie is so original for its uh, original for its time that it has been one up several times since. So there was an element of like, I'm watching something that inspired a lot. And so it doesn't seem as special. When I watched the, fir- the first Halloween for the first time, I was like, oh, 
this isn't actually as scary as I kind of feared. I can see where it made a big impact, but they've it's kind of been it's kind of been done better since. But only because it exists do we have that. Do we have that? I've seen this story parodied and and rewritten redone several times. Um, sometimes in really cool, innovative ways. But uh, it's always cool to go back and see the one that kind of inspired it all, the original. But, mm-hmm. you know, so that's kind of my overall take. Okay. Uh, I'm going to say Andrew, because Andrew doesn't talk much. Yeah. Andrew, this Andrew. you should have a lot to say about this one. You were Passing big on, on. Yeah, you okay. like this movie a lot. So when this got put on the list, I was really happy. Yeah. Because... I have loved the thing now for about 10 years or so. And I just, um, what I love about it is for one, you cannot shake my love for John Carpenter. Um, I think that man is innovative and I think that man is a supreme influence and I, I love his work. Um, the thing for me is like, it's like one of those movies that just it takes you kind of by surprise almost as to how good it is. Like, cause you look at it on the outside on the video cover, it doesn't look like it, it, it doesn't look like, like a deep horror thriller. It, it, it doesn't look like a deep, you know, like what we get here. What it looks like is, is that it, uh, what it looks like is just like a run of the mill horror th- th- flick. What I love about this is that it blends genres you get science fiction, you get horror, and you get mystery. And what I loved about it was that there's only six, seven guys, I think. I, I don't know. I don't remember how many there were. Uh, six, seven guys in this movie. I think total there's 12 characters in the movie. Okay. But that includes the two people at the beginning. Okay. Well, like, but you don't know, you don't know who's, who's the thing and who isn't. And everybody's pointing the fingers and it does a really great job of keeping you guessing as to who it is. And even still, like even up until the end, you kind of have doubts that even is Kurt Russell's even a thing you don't even know. And that's what I love about this movie is even still today. And yes, the, the effects of this movie are hold up incredibly well for a movie that was made 38 years ago. Um, because if you look at it, like the guy who did it, the guy who did the makeup effects, uh, Bowen, Rob, I Bo- think. it's Rob, it's Rob Botine. Botine. That's it. That's it. Yeah. yeah. He was 22 whenever this movie was made. Yeah. <laughs> and he was doing this. He was doing, he was working 20 hour days. Actually, he was working like 22 hour days. And John Carpenter actually had to take him to the hospital because he was working over exhaustion. Yeah. And you can definitely tell, you can definitely tell the detail that's made in this. So it's not your run of the mill science fiction film. It's not your run of the mill horror film. Mm -hmm. And what you get is, is something incredibly special, incredibly special. And And I think that's why I love the thing so much. Cool. All right. And as always, last and most least. least. (laughs) It was fine. No, I just wanted to throw that after Andrew's uh, delightful uh, summary. No, I I enjoyed it too. Undercut him. 
Yeah, this is the first time that I've seen this, um, and I really enjoyed it. I do think that as good as it was, and I'm not going to harp on it because basically everything you guys said I have also to say, so I'll just kind of talk about some of my critiques instead. Um, well, I did enjoy the who is it. I felt like they could have done a little better with that, honestly. I never really knew who it was, but I also really never cared. Um, like, I was like, who is it? But I didn't really care enough about any of them. Kind of yeah. like what David was saying, they didn't really develop them enough. Yeah. Uh, they did, like, again, you can compare it to identity where even though we find out those characters are in somebody's head, they still had more development and I cared more about those people than I did anybody in the thing, including Kurt Russell. Mm -hmm. um, I just didn't connect with any of them. And so I don't feel like they let the suspense build high enough in order for me to really be invested. Um, I was intrigued, but not invested. Mm. Um, and I also think they could have tightened the movie while I was very tense and, you know, suspicious of what's going on. There were also several moments where it just, it took me out of it because of how slow it was taking and it wasn't important things. Uh, mm -hmm. Did we need to see them throw dynamite in every single room? No. <laughs> that took a couple of minutes that you could have given to some kind of character development. And that happened kind of throughout the movie. Um, so those are just my critiques, just because you guys said everything that I would have said positively. Mm -hmm. um, I had nothing to add about there. The effects are great. Um, it's a very good movie. And I quite enjoyed it, despite the critiques. Yeah. You know, to take off on that, just a little bit. And, and yeah, yeah, I think early on, I mean, everybody knows what a good movie this is or, or how it, where it stands in sort of cinema uh, lore, you know? So like, let's talk about the critiques a little bit. Like you said, Garrett, the problem I found was it was hard for me to detect who was out of character because none of them had a very good established character. The guy, so spoiler alert for those who haven't seen the film, one of the guys it turns out is infected is this character who I believe is named Palmer and the reveal is given to you and it's like, okay, I don't even know that much about that character to have even been remotely in the vicinity yeah. of guessing. It could have been any of them. And maybe that's what they wanted was true uncertainty. But like, I kind of expected because of how I've seen this story sort of translated in other places, there to be things where the guys were like, he said something that doesn't match up or they said something that doesn't quite sound right or he's acting out of character. But those characters aren't, established in a way that would make you doubt them. The only reasons you would have to doubt anybody is if you hadn't seen them for a while, usually, or they hadn't been, or you had seen somebody go into a room with them. And then this movie was a big fan of fade to blacks too. There's a lot of fade to black moments. Mm. So those kind of things, I would say with the exception of Wilford Brimley's character who kind of literally goes crazy uh, and then is infected at some point, or maybe he's infected at the, towards the beginning, who knows? Um, he kind of goes crazy and takes on his own way of solving the problem. And then Kurt Russell, who honestly does have a really weird character shift, but it's hard to know if that's supposed to be an implication or not. Cause he goes from being very like, Hey, here's the, here's the plan. Let's do this to being like very, very borderline suicidal. He's like, I'll blow us all up. <laughs> you touch me. Um, yeah, so yeah, I don't know. Like that's, that's a one critique is I think the story evolves in a very natural way. But the dialogue is kind of interchangeable. Like anybody could be saying, like, you know, the, the characters don't really have unique elements. Yeah, I agree. There's not a lot of, I was thinking throughout this movie, there's not a lot of dialogue. And that can work in something like Halloween because there's not a ton of dialogue in Halloween either. Um, but you only have one person that I have to care about in that movie. 
this one I should have maybe four at least. Mm-hmm. And you kind of get that um, with Kurt, Wilford, uh, Keith David, and uh, Milo from Good Morning Miss Bliss. I don't know his name. <laughs> uh, that's all I know him from. That was literally the first was thing it, I saw. Was it Knowles? Was it the guy it was who Knowles. was playing uh, Super, Superstition? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Kurt. He was the one that he, I, I identified him early as the one who talks. Yeah. Like, <laughs> he just person going, who are doing that? Yeah. Oh, don't do that, man. Like, you just, uh, I just always said. But uh, yeah, I, I made several notes about how there weren't a lot of words being spoken in general, and that's fine for building tension. But again, when I'm supposed to care about these characters, you got to give me something to work with. Yeah. Um, tighten, up a, tighten up a few of them walking scenes and fill them with some talking scenes. Well, just a moment to let us know what these people are about. I mean, a lot of the, a lot of the dialogue that does exist goes to just establish what, the sto- what we know. Yeah, you know, well, I'm gonna be real. like, oh, this, 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 what is this? Oh, it's a tape. Oh, you know, where did you find that? You know, oh, at, this looks human. At the end, I didn't care about either one of them. I didn't care about that, Keith or, I didn't or care if they Kurt. had the thing in them. I didn't Creed. care if they died. I didn't care if a rescue team came. I didn't care. I was just like, okay, I guess this how this movie ends. Cool. <laughs> so, like, even Kurt Russell. What about I you, Josh? Did you notice about. those kind of things? Well, I would I, I I would tag on to that that I I did feel like the ending was kind of a letdown. It almost kind of fizzled to an end instead of having a grand ending. And like I think they kind of shot for that by having the massive explosion kind of end it in a way, but it still just felt unsatisfactory to me. I, I kind of like the ending. But it, I, didn't I feel, feel like, like it would mean more. It would mean more if I felt like the two characters had mm-hmm. a closer had a closer relationship. Because yeah, maybe the, so. They, their relationship. Here's what I'll say. Before this monster shows up, it seems like these characters don't. None of these characters really know each other. Like they're not friends. They're all stuck at this camp together, but they're very much. They all isolate to themselves and keep to themselves. It seems like because Childs, uh, Keith David's character says. Earlier on in the movie, how would you know, what would you say to me to know I was not the creature or not the thing? And there's silence from the gallery. Nobody has anything that they could say or that they could ask him that would let them know that, 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 he's, not a monster, that he's not the monster. And it was just like, wow, really? Nobody has like, hey, child, what's the name of your wife? Or, hey, child, where did we, what, did, what did we talk about last you know, Tuesday? Something yeah. that maybe couldn't be faked. I was like, I was like, so these characters don't really have much that they, they, they seem, and, and, and as evidenced by the rest of the movie, they just isolate further from each other. Everybody becomes suspicious of the other. And so they just like hide away in their own rooms. It doesn't bring them closer together trying to stop this monster. It makes them all more suspicious of each other. Yeah. So, I mean, that's, a, that, that's an interesting point. It's interesting to me to draw some of these base parallels between this movie and the movie we, we covered last week, Identity, which mm-hmm. are both stories, and this is not a unique uh, storytelling system, but we've got these group of characters, and one of them is a bad guy, and nobody knows who it is. Mm-hmm. And in this case, um, it's because there's like a parasite controlling them, which is just... I don't know. It's very. It's a very unique way to do that whole murder mystery type of story. I know. Without it being the standard, like, 
you know, clue affair. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And Andrew, even, what were you going to say about the ending? Oh, go ahead. What I was going to say about the ending was this, is that what the ending was, was it was very, it was a bleak ending. I'll, I'll give it that. I'll, I'll, I'll agree to that. But also the ending, <clears throat> there is a little bit of mystery to the ending because the thing is, is about is at the ending. The thing is, the thing is, <laughs> the thing is, is that like, it kind of keeps you guessing as to who it is. Yeah. Yeah. And, but I didn't care who it was. Ambiguity. Right. 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 right, right. I didn't care. Right. It was but a like, bad guessing game. I, I wouldn't have played. But like, the thing is, is that, I mean, it, it, like we, uh, it is kind of hinted that Childs is still a thing. Mm-hmm. It's kind of hinted at that. And I think it was, I think what it was aiming towards was like kind of this, kind of this guessing game that was supposed to, that was supposed to keep going. And yeah, afterwards it just kind of fizzled out. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, I don't know. I, I, I do like the ambiguity of the ending because it's sort of, uh, echoes, I think, the fruitlessness of what these people's endeavor was. You know, like once they, right. you know, these it, just even knowing each other a little bit could have saved a lot of them, maybe. But they clearly didn't. Andrew, did you? Do you? Do you? So, I don't know. Do you feel the the same complaints that we've been talking about with the character establishments, or is that is that a problem for you? Because like Garrett doesn't care at the end, but you you still do. Here's. Do you think that's okay? So here's my thing is that, yeah, I kind of do. I kind of see, I do see y'all's point. Mm-hmm. I do think that there is, I think there is like, you know, that, that is a letdown of the movie is just like, yeah, you don't, you don't care about the characters, but also what I care about, what I care about is like, who is the thing? And it gets to the point where I don't care about the characters anymore. I just want to know who the hell it is. Oh, that was me last week in identity. <laughs> <laughs> Just want to know who the killer is. But yeah, like, kind of, oh, go ahead. But no, I was going to say, like, this, I feel like this does a better job of enhancing the mystery. Than identity? I feel like it, yeah. Yeah, I don't know. I could kind of, I, 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 can, I can go either way on that. But it, but it does, I feel like it does, it does uh, heighten the tension a lot. I felt like, I mean, even still, there were some legitimate jump scares in this. Yeah. And I, I had one. I was, I was, there were, there were times when I was feeling like, I mean, not, not feeling like, but I, there were times when it's like, it really gets, it gets tense. It really does get tense. And especially when you stick these, stick these characters in the same place, which is Antarctica, which is like your own private hell. <laughs> um, but that's how I felt about it. That's how I felt about the ending. And that's how I felt about the characters. Maybe I feel it's like just the, char- the characters, the characters could have been, could have been fleshed out more. Yeah. The Maybe it's just me. But I feel like if you give this a different ending where you can have them sitting together and like, let's just wait here a while and see what happens. And like, then they get rescued. And I think that a rescue would have given me what you got out of it, Andrew, where like you're still kind of wondering who it is, but there's no real stakes um, because either they're both human and they both die or one of them dies and one of them is just frozen asleep. 
Um, but if you rescue them and then you wonder, oh, are they human? Is one of them? Are they both? Are yeah, they, they just rescue the creature? The whole world? Oh, my God. Yeah. So I'm not normally a big fan of like people surviving horror movies. Um, but I think in this one, it would have added that bigger mystery of what's going to happen now. I think that both just sit there in the cold. I go, okay, they're just going to die. Maybe we don't know. That's kind of the point is like literally your, 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 your premise of a rescue could happen. Your premise of two humans who are just stubbornly unwilling to, 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 to to talk to each other basically could both just freeze to death waiting for the other to kill them. Or, you know, one of them could be the creature. And as soon as one falls asleep, it, it takes, it takes them out or the rescue comes and they find the creature and it all starts over. The creature doesn't get, you know, doesn't manage to get away again. Who knows? Like, like your the, the, the rescue ending, if we watch that happening, I feel like more intentionally feels like a setup for a sequel. Like, Oh, it got away. Da 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 da. This is more like, but I think that's because we live your, in that you know, mindset. Kind of like I use feel your like- imagination. I think that's we live in a world of so many sequels. Whereas, mm. if it were me, I would just want that movie to end. Like, give me that kind of mystery. Um, yeah, I, I do. I, I this is not a great example, but like the original Cabin Fever, um, it ends with you see Ryder Strong with his infected hand in the water, and you think that it's just over, but then you see that that water is being bottled and sold, and so now this. Of possibly infected water is going out throughout the thing. Now I know they made a sequel of that, but again, I, that's how I just think that those kinds See, of movies should end but, with that but, bigger mystery of what's going to happen. Again, I'm going to draw it back to the first two movies we've watched this, this Halloween. I know what you did last summer and identity. Both of them had, Hey, here's the actual ending F U endings. And we didn't like them in, in either situation. Like, the, the 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 rescue coming in and the helicopter going off and maybe something like a brief moment where one of their face starts to go bleh, 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 or something like that and it just ends oh, no, we all go that. oh that sucks the same yeah. way we go horrors don't get second chances like yeah. the best way to end identity like we were talking about last week is if she just finds the key that says one and then like it's- doesn't get an exact answer we're just left as the audience going it didn't work oh my gosh or something like, now this guy's free like my, I think okay. sometimes a good horror movie leaves you going, I don't know what's coming next, and that's even scarier than knowing what happened. Well, in my, I wouldn't want the face to end. I'd want them to get on the helicopter and then just go. You don't see anything well, like that because yes, thing. no, it's not because you don't know thing. if one of them is the thing or not. You well, wouldn't know. The same thing. We don't know if one thing like you. You don't even. You know do in the, the, in the other two. You do in the, the rescue's coming. Yeah. So like you assume it's not, they have no reason. You're just like, you're just changing the location to being on a helicopter. Maybe, but they had no reason for a rescue to come. They didn't flag anybody. No, nobody, nobody could contact anybody. So they were dead. Apparently, apparently uh, (laughs) they, they filmed, they filmed an alternate ending. They filmed several alternate endings. One Mm -hmm. of which was a happier ending that did include a rescue. And they decided it was entirely too cheesy and everybody hated it. Um, but one of the main issues that seemed to come up from this movie with audiences and and um, executives at Universal was that it was too bleak and too nihilistic for people. And so that's why they tried to get that rescue ending in there. 
And from what I've read, it um, they tried it multiple ways. They tried to um, do an ending where, um, oh, what's Kurt Russell's name? Uh, McCready. McCready. Uh, where where he's rescued and they test him and it is confirmed that he is not the thing, um, and then they tried one without Childs take him out of it completely, um, and basically both both endings tested poorly, <laughs> and so they were like, well, we'll just go back to what Carpenter wanted in the first place since everything appears to be testing poorly anyway. Um, yeah. And that's that's been the most interesting thing to me about this movie reading through it is the reaction because it was really pretty strongly hated when it hated. came out. Hated. Um, yeah. I'm Brutalized. sure as, you know we'll go into this part further with David but it made no money and the critics like abhorred it Could, and audiences had no interest in it. Come out. Yeah. Yeah. So, and that seems to be a bit of the factors involved is kind of the time of the, just the time of of society it was in, where there were all these movies coming out about space and aliens and all that, that were of a much happier tone, much more adventurous, um, optimistic, E.T. and things like that. And then they had this very bleak movie about aliens that was making people unhappy and it also came out in 19, um, 82. on like the uh, the heels of a recession where people were not happy anyway. And the last thing they wanted to do was go watch something that would upset them further. Yeah, trend on horror was down, I guess, as well. Right. So it's very interesting to see the, the different pieces that fell into place to make this movie a failure at the time, uh, despite the fact that it would live on well beyond its initial release yeah in home video and on tv release which apparently right. the tv the tv made for tv version not made for tv but re-edited for tv version was very disliked by john carpenter well you know what director would like the tv edit of their movie um yeah well apparently they added a lot too they added like but he ended narration up, added to it That's well weird. so Car- john carpenter had a had a deal had a multi-picture deal with universal and this movie did so bad they fired him yeah, they, they uh, bought him out of his contract. They bought him out of his contract and fired him from an upcoming Stephen King adaptation. Wow. Um, let's talk about some positives, if you guys want. Um, so what did you think about the creature design? Because I actually thought this was really cool. Which one? There were so many. I mean... That's what I mean. You saw so many different versions, and they were all more just grotesque I, and nasty than the next one. I know it kind of kept it sort of like a real mystery as to what this thing actually looks like. I thought all the effects looked great. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Um, I love the idea from the, so I, I watched the making of uh, for this movie um, in addition to the movie. Uh, and uh, the, 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 the designer that, oh, Andrew, is he, is he gone? That's okay. Yeah, we'll keep, we'll keep uh, going. We'll keep going. Botine, I think it is, or Botite. Um, he said that, he came up with this idea of, hey, this alien creature has supposedly, you know, gone around and that's its thing is that it can imitate anything and recreate anything. So why not make it look like anything? Like, like make it look like all the creatures it's ever come across. And he had all these really crazy ideas. There's some sketch art of like these huge versions of other creatures coming after them. So like they're never looking for the same thing twice. Obviously some of that, that got scaled down to some other things. But I love the idea of the movie starting off with it being a dog. 
Mm-hmm. Like honestly, didn't know, didn't expect that when the movie first started. I was like, why are they trying to shoot this dog? What mean guys? They're just hunting dogs. Um, but it became very clear to me once the guy was like really fervently trying to kill it. It's like, oh, that's so cool. Like it's such an unassuming uh, uh, form uh, for it to take. And the uh, the scene in which all the dogs get attacked was kind of hard to watch mm-hmm. in ways. But mm-hmm. I thought f- fairly effective at like, okay, can't even trust the dogs in this movie. This thing can really be anything. Um, so I, I thought that was really cool. And I thought all the effects were gross and cool. John Carpenter said that yeah. he got a lot of faith in the movie when he saw the little uh, when he saw the shot of the head growing spider legs. Mm. Didn't like he was that. like, he was like, that's what I want because he said that up until then, and even with his own movie Halloween, he kind of thought that a lot of horror movies or a lot of monster movies were just guys in suits, and he thought that was really un- he he just thought it's just so not that scary when you really like when you're watching it the second time or when you when you really think about it, it's just like, Oh, it's just a guy in a suit. He goes, even alien, he goes, alien as cool as that design was at a certain point, it stands up. And you're like, Oh, it's a guy in a suit. So he really loved the idea that like this thing could be severed in half and then become new creatures, you know, uh, that look totally unlike a person. Um, so I, I think that was really cool. Yeah, I agree. Especially when you got to that last one and you had the dog coming out the head over here and the human face and whatever else was going on with him or her or it or whatever. Um, it, it really was just na- and nasty. And that first thing that you see with the split head, or that it wasn't a split head, it was a grown head, a spl- yeah. literally a split head. Um, it was just nasty and, and they just really built on it each time. Yeah. Um, you know, I, I had always seen the head falling back scene and like dripping off. Yeah. That's the one thing that I, even though it's fine, I have no issues with it. I thought it was kind of silly that no one saw this damn head just tonguing its way out of there. Yeah. Like, well, I mean, it was just like, oh. Oh, and it's no, it was weird. And like, yeah. nobody saw that. Yeah. Where are you guys looking? Yeah, yeah, and they barely saw the spider head. So, like, as cool as it is, and I don't have a problem with it, I just that was the one part. I, I was surprised that they I was like, saw it. Silly. I was surprised they saw it. They like turn around, and they're like, and it's just standing there. Yeah, it was <laughs> like, was he, like he was like are, he was like out the door, and he goes, "Are y'all really gonna let me go?" Yeah, he's like, <laughs> like it was, uh, "Y'all okay. kill me if you want." And there was like, there's a nice little fire. homage to the spider head in it chapter two. I know. Yeah. That was one of that was the first thing I thought of. I was like, oh, I was like, oh, that's two. where they got that from. That that's was cool. What they got that. Yeah, that was that was yeah. very. But yeah. Um, so Andrew, we were talking about the creature designs and creature effects. Yeah. But uh, uh, was there any creature moment that stood out to you as particularly spooky or, or well done? Yeah, I will say that uh, there there were two. Um, the first one was the dog. Yeah. Um, and the reason why I like the dog so much is because that's the first time you actually see it. Yeah, that's the first time you actually see the thing, and and um, what a, like it's it's given special detail because like it's given special detail on the dog thing because the dog thing, like the like so one of the things that it had that I that I remember seeing remember seeing was when just before it got torched, like it opened up and there was this it opened up and there was this, uh, it looked like a flower coming out. Mm-hmm. And what that was, it was like 12 dog tongues, mm-hmm. like mm-hmm. prosthetic dog tongues. And I'm like, wow, that's really inner. That's, that's really 
intricate. Yeah, like it's made up of like even though it's like a weird new creature, it's still made up of all this like similar bits of yeah. the things it's taken over. Yeah, uh, like when even when it's human, it has like teeth inside of its guts. It's still like humany flesh. Yeah, you know, it's very it's very uh, a cool way of doing it. Yeah, and and the second As opposed thing, to just a big man. Yeah. And, and, you know, just, just coming out and being like, Rawr, you know, none of that crap. Um, but right. like, but like the second, the second thing I really liked was when, I don't know who it was. They were doing, they were using the defibrillator on them. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and then the whole North. body just comes open. And what, what I liked about that was, was that in that, they only had to do that, I think in one take. Yeah. Because uh, the actor, his name is Charles Hallahan, had to lay there. Oh, yeah, there. Charles Hallahan. We go with Hallahan. Hallahan. The old Hallahans. It's <laughs> the old Hallahan. <laughs> sounds, like sounds like an Adam Sandler character, doesn't it? Yeah. It's the old Hallahan. <laughs> okay. It's, it's late. It's but, late. Uh, no, uh, like, the actor had to lay there for like six hours in order to get that applied. And you only see that one little—you only see that one little piece on screen for like two seconds. Mm-hmm. And then they just CGI it. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, exactly. They just like, this. Yeah, and the thing was the way that the the way that the the gut apparatus worked is it's on a hydraulic, so they built the thing. So once it opens, you know, it's open. You know, like they can't they they couldn't just like put all the stuff back together and sew it back. It's like it's meant to rip open. Yeah, It'd be terrifying. So yeah. like they had to like went I think they even mess something went wrong and they had to rebuild the whole thing in a day, and do it again. Yeah, and so. and uh, that that's what I just loved about that, especially when it came out of the body and you see the head. Mm-hmm. It's just like it's that's the imitation of it. Mm-hmm. And that's those were two moments that I really that I really loved because that's that's how the tension was building. Mm-hmm. And yeah, it. it uh, the, the the detail on those the detail on those things were was was incredible. It was absolutely incredible, and it's that was a movie that was made for DVD because it's easier to pause stuff and be like, mm. oh yeah, look at that, look at that, mm. look at that, you know. But and it's had a lot of DVD re-releases, so it's had yeah, it's uh, it was just recently re-released on Blu-ray a couple of years ago, and for the Shout series, yeah. and. And uh, it's, yeah, it's had several. I've, I owned the collector's edition DVD a long time ago, mm-hmm. and it was, <laughs> it has a, it has a ton of special features on it. If you can, to anybody who's listening to this, if you get a hold of the DVD or Blu-ray, all you have to do is turn the commentary on, with John Carpenter and Kurt Russell. It is mm-hmm. worth that alone. Because yeah, you can actually listen to the whole thing apparently on YouTube. So if you want to, if 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 you don't have the DVD, you can just do what I do, but did and play it on Amazon Prime and then turn the the commentary on. I did not do that, but I I I bought it. I I bought it on on Amazon, but I didn't listen to the commentary yet. Oh okay. Well, but I think I, it would be interesting because it is such a it is very much even though it's a studio film, if you will. Right. Um, Carpenter is kind of a unique, uh, independent. Uh, kind of filmmaker so i think it has kind of a very uh, he's very in tune he's very attuned he's very like he, committed to the craft he, yeah he's very he's incredibly like he's very committed to it as well as like informative about what he 
about what he does. Like he, yeah, he, you're right. He does take his craft incredibly seriously. And from what I hear, because you guys were talking about like the performance of this movie, of all the movies that, because like of all the movies that he did, of all the movies that he did for this uh, uh, in the '80s that flopped at the box office, he took this he took this one the hardest. Like he, yeah, I would he, think so. Yeah, he 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 said he had a lot invested in it, and when it failed at the box office. He said he was "quote unquote" completely devastated, and because he, yeah. was, he was he was banking on this to be like a, a, a an at least moderate success. I, yeah, I think he even said that if this film had succeeded the way that he kind of believed it would when he was first started, he yeah. would have had an entirely different career. Like you know, he had this big picture deal with Universal, he would have done this. He was already signed up to do like Josh said, the Stephen King ad- adaptation. Mm-hmm. Like he could have been on a, like a real map to being like, I mean, he's already widely right now considered to be one of the greatest uh, horror directors ever, but he could have been like in a completely different atmosphere if the thing had been like a huge blockbuster success. And part of me, you know, looking back at it now in hindsight, I'm actually kind of happy. It wasn't a, a, it wasn't a box office success. Hmm. I'm happy that it, it gained its cult status because uh, lots of John Carpenter movies have that cult status, and they just have that. that they just have, they just have that status of like being very good, being yeah, at least undiscovered, and, underrated, yeah, yeah, and at least very very rewatchable. Like the thing is highly rewatchable, and it, it demands a second viewing. Um, Big Trouble in Little China is a fun movie. It's a fun film. Um, Christine, Christine, if you're if you like cars, uh, sure. I mean, if you if you like the, I don't know if about, Christine's the movie for car enthusiasts. I mean, like, you gotta <laughs> admit that it's not it's not Fast and Furious. It's no, also but, not good. It's also not good. I mean, uh, that's debatable. But like, uh, not, not um, with let's see, Assault on Precinct Thirteen, uh, even Starman. I mean, there's. He really there's... likes Kurt Russell. What about yeah. Prince of Darkness? Kurt Prince Russell Darkness. is his favorite actor. There you go. It, uh, another thing I will say about Kurt Russell is this: is that anytime, like Kurt Russell, if he wants to get married right now. I'll do it. That's. <laughs> uh, Kurt him. Russell is a Kurt Russell is a fun guy to listen to. Oh yeah, yeah. He really is a fun guy to listen to. This that's a guy who really enjoys watching his own movies. <laughs> such a weird compliment to give him no 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 well, well, well like i really weird... enjoys watching himself well i mean like he lo- he loves like reminiscing about the old stories and if you hear him right. it just sounds like he has a good time yeah so, he probably does yeah i'd have a great time if i was kurt russell too if you'd like you can go back and listen to other times we have reviewed kurt russell movies including the christmas chronicles and guardians of the galaxy volume two is Plug the, for the pod. Is that the, the only two? Uh, that appear, I think that's the only two we have done with Kurt Russell in it. This now being the third. <laughs> but like, it's, it's, this is just another reason why he's like one of my low-key favorite actors. Low-key favorite actor. So, yeah, and you know, to, to talk about another Kurt Russell film really quickly, um, and to kind of like, I don't know, this is kind of the last thing I really have to say is that the legacy the uh, of this film really can't be understated uh there is a a a wealth of 
uh, creators that cite this movie as something that inspired them, cite this movie as something that kind of uh, you know uh, uh, pushed them this into this field. Um, from Quentin Tarantino, who kind of says that he refers to The Hateful Eight as being uh, the movie he he says is most inspired by the thing for him. That's what I was going to say. Um, which is another Kurt Russell film. J.J. Uh, Abrams, Neil Blomkamp, um, who is Stephen DeKnight, I think, uh, who just, uh, he was a big on, he uh, was the showrunner for Daredevil. He had uh, Bad Times with the El Royale. Like, it, the list goes on. And uh, I think even Edgar Wright talks about how this movie was a big inspiration for him. It's, he thinks it's one of the scariest movies he ever watched as a kid. Um, so it's really kind of amazing that, like, you know, you can't go by box office reviews at, you know, and you air box office stats all the time. And you can't go by what the movie's critic review is at the time. Some movies are really just made for a different time. And I think this movie was ahead of its time when it came out and maybe it wasn't perfect for 1982, but maybe a few years later, this movie would have been exactly what everybody wanted to see. To just kind of piggyback off of that a little bit. There's another movie that came out that very same day that also had cult status and that is blade runner yeah blade runner also mostly underperformed it but became a cult classic which we'll get yep. the blade runner soon one day all right well and unless we have anything to add about the movie itself i think we can move on to to the box office stats oh, absolutely. I'm, pre- I, I'm pretty satisfied with what we've discussed i think so the, the movie oh, is yeah. le gross good <laughs> <laughs> the movie is really good it has some we we, we all have uh, individual issues but i don't know if it really drags the, 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 the star rating down by that much no i doubt it i don't think so for me so to move on to the box office stats it's everybody's favorite part of the show everybody's uh, <laughs> uh john carpenter's the thing opened uh, right in the middle of summer june 25th of 1982 uh it opened fairly low though uh during its opening weekend at the number eight spot. Uh, is this right? Yeah. Hang on. Let me make sure that I have the right weekend. Um, yeah. And then eight, not, not, a, not a high finish in opening in the opening week. Yeah, here we go. I'm in the right week. So it opened number eight with $3.1 million uh, in the top five that weekend. And one of the biggest movies of the year was uh, leading it off with number one was ET uh, brought in $13.7 million in its third weekend. Um, that movie would go on to dominate for the rest of the year and really is credited as being one of the reasons people didn't want to see the thing is that it was wildly family friendly. On the other hand, at number two, you had Blade Runner in its opening weekend, opened at number two was 6.1 million. At number three, uh, everybody's third favorite browser, Firefox, uh, <laughs> came in at 5.1. And it's What's everybody's weekend. second favorite browser. Uh, don't say it. Everybody's favorite's Chrome, right? Right. So what's the second? If the second's uh, not Firefox, probably Safari. Fair. I use Safari. There you go. What about uh, Yahoo? Uh, that's, that's not, not a browser. browser. Is it? Is there a Yahoo man. browser now that I'm just no. I'm just out of touch with? No. I only use Chrome, Safari, and Firefox. No one even sometimes, goes to Yahoo. Sometimes I use Microsoft Edge to lead certain PDFs. Um, Rocky. <laughs> only when it makes me. It makes me. I can't open them in anything else, apparently. Rocky 3 was at number 4, 
bringing in $5 million in its fifth week. Another good haul for that particular sequel. And at number five, Star Trek II, The Wrath of Khan, wildly considered the best of the Star Trek movies, uh, brought in $4.5 million. So if you're really looking at that, that's one, two, three sci-fi movies in the top, three, in the top five. Um, all, at the time, more beloved than The Thing. Just ahead of The Thing. So I want to talk about another key point into why it didn't make much money. Just ahead of The Thing is horror classic Poltergeist. In the number seven spot, in its fourth week, brought in $4 million. Now, here's an interesting fact. And you guys may know this about the Indiana Jones thing. Poltergeist was rated PG. And a lot of the other movies ahead of it on this list are rated PG. The Thing was rated R. There was no middle ground, and really you could make an argument that by today's standards, the thing might still be an R movie or it might be a PG-13. There's a lot of blood, but there's not really, in terms of anything, in terms of what else they rate it, rate, give you R score, not much they say else. The F-word twice? They do, yeah, they do say the F-word a little bit. But in general, if you look at everything else on this movie, way more family-friendly movies, and your other real competitor in the horror genre is rated PG, so anybody can go to that. In, oh my God, I can't even believe that the thing, PG. <laughs> the thing, everybody, you know, like only people only over 17 could get in if it's a, you know, a theater that, obey, you know, kind of goes by those rules. But so a lot of going against it. There was a lot of better other, you know, good sci-fi movies or good alien movies out that weekend. And you're rated R, it's tough. Uh, it would just uh, barely beat uh, a re-release of Bambi by a few million dollars wow. in its opening week. So anyway... Um, the thing would go on to make $19 million in its uh, short, short release. And uh, that's only domestic. They didn't release this movie internationally. It finished number 43 for the year of 1982. Actually, let me reset this. It finished... Uh, hang on. Sorry, I have my computer is moving a little slow for me. It happens. Uh, sorry, it finished number 42, just beh- just above a movie called Death Trap and just behind my favorite year. The top five movies for the year 1982 were E.T., Tootsie, uh, An Officer and a Gentleman, Rocky Three, and uh, Who Doesn't Love Porkies? Uh, that is, so your highest uh, original concept is E.T., highest uh, sequel of the year, Rocky Three. Uh, Andrew, by chance, do you know the Oscar winner for 1982? Give me a second. <laughs> the best picture winner. Let him think about it. I don't think. Kick it around Terms in that head of, of yours. Huh? Terms of Endearment. Terms of Endearment. Wow, what a movie. Um, I'm not seeing very – we obviously – this is our uh, only time really visiting uh, 1982. I don't see very any other – oh, wait. Uh, well, no, never mind. Uh, that was a re-release. Um, so – this is our only uh, trip here so far. We might make a few more in the future. I see that uh, Grease 2 came out in 1982. Uh, Death Wish 2 came out in 1982. And, of course, uh, eventually we got to hit the Rocky series. So I would think uh, we'll eventually be back in 1982 to, for Rocky 3. But uh, that's it for the box office stats this week. Josh, you won the Letterbox game. Wait, did we ever determine if Terms of Endearment was the Oscar winner? I don't know. I didn't fact check that. Andrew, are you, are you lying? I'll fact check it real quick. <laughs> I think it's Let's interesting see to know. Here. Yeah, why not? We got to know if he was right. While you're looking um, that up, I do have... Oh, go ahead. I found it. Go so, ahead. this is very interesting because 
I can't no, but it but Terms of Endearment was Best Picture winner nineteen eighty three. Oh, um, okay. you were extremely so close. That, w- that did come out in eighty two then. No, it came out oh. in uh, November nineteen eighty three. Oh, okay. But the uh, oh, what you call it? Nineteen eighty two one. The uh, the nineteen eighty two one, yeah, was uh, Gandhi. Oh, okay. So, th- so yeah, you know, the Oscars are weird. Terms of Endearment came out in nineteen eighty three. It is the nineteen eighty three Best Picture. The awards ceremony was early eighty four. Oh, okay. Gandhi came out in December nineteen eighty two, and was okay. awarded in early nineteen eighty three. So that's the. But Terms of Endearment had nothing to do with 1982, so it did not count. <laughs> I will okay. say, so we talked about when we, when we, saw the, when we watched The Muppets earlier this year, which you can find in our, in our feed, just, show, go, just go through your So Many Sequels feed. Uh, we talked about the National Film Registry, and I thought, surely at this point, The Thing is a part of the National Film Registry. Interestingly mm-hmm. enough, it isn't. However, uh, several of the other films that we listed are from 1982, including Blade Runner and, mm-hmm. uh, and including uh, E.T., um, another couple of movies from that year include Fast Times at Ridgemont High and Tootsie. So it's interesting that like the thing is pretty wildly considered, but I'm not been out of that list. I also saw that when I was looking at the accolades that the thing was nominated for a Razzie. It was for worst musical score. Which I think. Oh, Andrew, did you want to talk about the musician or the person who scored it? He, you love him so much. Yeah, it's it's Neo Morricone. Yeah, Neo Morricone. It's a me. <laughs> yeah so i think this is the i could be wrong this is one of the few john carpenter movies that he didn't score himself well now he knows now he learned something you don't score it yourself you get your movie a razzie (laughs) of all the things to razz it for though i didn't think that was strange yeah because like they're like there were times with with the score, as much as I love Anita Morricone, there were times with the score that I didn't, There, it wasn't there. And the times that it was there, it was very minimal. That's the way I feel about every score. I feel like the score is not supposed to be like super recognizable. I think mm-hmm. it's supposed to help set the mood and set the tone, but like you're not really supposed to notice it in the movie. I, right. I mean, that's a good score. Unless it's like meant to be there, but most of them is just background. Sure. And like... And like this one in particular, all it was, it was just like someone just uh, strumming a bass guitar. It was just like boom, 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 boom. Like that was the score. And it's very. Oh, wow. This guy like just died. Yeah. He died like this year. In July. Yeah. And he, and interestingly enough, he has scored, I think, at least 90 movies. And. He didn't win his first Oscar until like three or four years ago for The Hateful Eight. Oh, well, there you go. Must... Oops. I don't feel, we, you know, these prolific composers who scored so many movies, I don't know how by like movie 10, they're not just like making the same songs, you know? <laughs> yeah. They're then like trying to get away with it. Like, it's different. Yeah, but <laughs> I will say. No, this sounds just like the last movie you made. <laughs> yeah. You're like, different. hey. 
Well, how did Moonraker go? Oh, yeah. How did Goldfinger go? Oh, well, this is the same song. They're doing the mm. same thing with these James Bond moves songs. There is a sort of a there is a sort of like a motif that that he did use and you could definitely tell that it was it was there in some in some of his movies. This was a score that I didn't that I think was like I didn't even know that it was I mean that that if if they had not shown that it was a a Neo Morricone score, I wouldn't have noticed. And I think maybe that's good, but maybe at the same time, yep. it's kind of forgettable. Yep. All right. Just, well, let's All let's right. go to the letterbox game. Um, who would like to guess first? What I would like letterbox community has rated the thing? Okay, David, you have your first guess. What would you like I, to guess? I will say. I think it's going to be really high. Most faith. <laughs> I'm going to say um, four point okay. two. <laughs> this time, Garrett goes second because he always goes third and goes, oh, man. <laughs> <laughs> I do, don't yeah. I? So That's another you compilation. That's another um, year-end compilation we can make is yeah. all the times that Garrett went last and went, oh, man, you guys oh, ruined man. it. Once we can hire a producer to go through all that footage. Yeah. Uh, I don't want to do it. I'll I'll raise you four three. I was gonna say four two. We got a we got a four zero and a four three. Yeah yeah yeah. As as much as I want to give this a higher rating than you than both of you guys, Mm -hmm. I do want to say a four point one. Wow, this is gonna be down to the wire here. Yeah, this could go. This could go wrong. (laughs) We're still in the same order. It just took a different route. Basically. So, uh, someone is exactly right. Well, we hit the area, didn't we? We covered our bases covered. You hit the area real good. So you hit the nail on the head. It's gonna based, be, I feel like it's going to be Garrett. We let him go second. <laughs> based on 160,000 ratings, uh, the Letterbox community gives the thing a four- Point three. Oh, it was Garrett. A much needed win, I believe. Yeah, yeah, Garrett's way behind in the rankings. Uh, So uh, I'm tied with you. We're keeping a (laughs) yeah. We're keeping a uh, we're keeping a a score here of who wins the letterbox game. The winner will ultimately get to decide what movie or franchise we start off with next year. And so Garrett has just tied it up with me at seven. Honestly, at this point, it's a race to stop Josh. Uh, He's uh, way ahead with ten. Andrew way in the back now with only five wins to his name. Terrible. We'll let Andrew go first next week, so he has a, he, he can he can get in at him. He can set the stage. Um, that's the way we should do it. Is three, two, one. What are what are mm. our personal ratings of the movie? Four and a four. Half. That's exactly what I was going to say. I was going to give it a four and a half as well. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I, again, I can got some critiques for the movie, but overall, it was good. Uh, totally deserving of the cult classic label, four and a half for me. Yeah, I think it's practically perfect. That's the uh, it's a little adjective like Garrett has that I have for my four and a half. It's practically perfect. I have one little. Uh, I have the issue with this with the character establishment, but I think you know the the momentum of the story itself really carries it, and I, I think it's worthy of top status. 
So we've got two four and a halves. What is what is Andrew gonna do? A third four and a half. Oh, I thought Andrew's gonna go full five on this one. Wow, you guys, I'm thrown completely because I wasn't gonna go that high personally. Wow, but don't feel like even though, well, like you know, we've got this scale, and on my scale, four and a half, half. four and a half is glorious, and I don't know (laughs) that it's glorious. Uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, to me, like I liked it and I enjoyed it, but when I think of other movies I've given a four and a half to, mm-hmm. I don't know that this is up there with it. A four and a half to for me, <laughs> the movie I'm gonna I'm gonna watch over and over again. Typically, I don't know. See the way that I see you and I, I have the same scale for the most part. So here's why I gave my yeah. While I wasn't fully entertained State the whole case. way through, my entertainment wasn't the full driver. Um, for this particular movie, because of what it is, that is whenever I get to incorporate more like, okay, we're getting into the artsy category. Like this is a classic and it's on a different than just entertainment basis. So I look at the effects. I pay more attention to that. I look at, you know, it gives, I give it a little status. I, I, I'll, I'll, be, I'll be real. If it's got a good, uh, you know, baseline and it holds up to what, I, what the hype has been, gets a little bump from me. Um, mm-hmm. So I incorporate more than just my full entertainment and, and the reason that it didn't get a five is because of the lack of full entertainment. I think that this could have been a five-star movie. I think it's a great horror movie. I think it's at the base for a lot. You, again, the effects are a full star, in my opinion. Um, that's, that's why I So, took Josh, it. where are you thinking? Are you aiming as low as a three, or, or are, you, are we trying to talk you up from a four? Well, I'll, I, 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 my initial thought is there was... Is a two and a half coming here? No, my initial thought was three and a half. Hmm. Um, and I'm looking, I'm trying to look now at, at other movies I have given a three and a half, other movies I have given a four and a half, and, and comparing them. And I don't, I think I could, I could bring myself to settle with the middle and give it a four, I think is what I'm going to do. I can't, you know I don't what? think I can give it four and a half. I think that's fine. <laughs> And the majority, because like, I don't know, the majority of my stars are the, uh, how well made the movie is and what it did for film. Like, cause like I said, I enjoyed it, but I wasn't like having a blast. But it wasn't like a letdown. It wasn't like you were like, wow, no, I don't see what anybody sees in this. It was just yeah. one of those movies that was like, all right, we did it. So here's, okay. here's another element I consider in terms of the entertainment value is I'll give something a three if I thought it was good, but I probably wouldn't watch it again. A four is if I see this movie on, yeah, okay, I'll watch it, but I probably won't actively put it in. Yeah. For me, I think this strictly, because I I weigh heavy on entertainment. Um, So I think three stars are for entertainment. I think if it didn't have the effects and it didn't have the cult classic status, um, it would have been a three-star movie. Like, I don't think it was bad. I still was tense. I was still were like, I I enjoyed it, but like, yeah, it was just normal. It was just fine. But then again, a full star for the effects and a little half because it's a classic. So you guys and settle with the four. Classic lived up to the hype. Yeah, yeah. I'm going to settle with a four. Upon looking at other films I have rated a four, I feel <laughs> as though it fits within those movies. Yeah, I can't so wait that's... to, after this is over, check out Josh's letterbox and go through his four star ratings. It's going to be a lot of fun. Now, you know, be careful. <laughs> Because some things aren't going to make sense. But, yeah. you know, 
This some movie, things will never change. I also gave, I also gave four stars to do the right thing. Uh, but I also gave four stars to the lovebirds. So <laughs> yeah, yeah, but different reasoning. So for different reasons. Sometimes there's there's weird there's there are sec- there there things you weave through. There right. there there are movies that kind of, you know, might be a three and a half star movie, but something exactly. about it just stood out more. Exactly. I was trying to scroll through real quick and see if I have any other horror movies. Uh, it, I gave it a four star. I gave Host four stars. Um, I gave a movie called Don't Breathe four stars. Yeah, don't breathe. So I don't feel breathe. like this is. Do-do-do. I feel like this is fair. However, my uh, oh, some of these I need to revisit. Uh, oh, the Babadook! I gave that four stars. Um, unfortunately, or fortunately, however you, however the audience feels, my four wasn't enough to bring it down too much, and our average is a four point three seven five. Uh, meaning I'm gonna have to bump it up to a four and a half. Which I mean, hey, for the most part, we that means that as an aggregate, we are about the same as Letterboxd. Yeah, I actually like looking at it, doing this on the desktop site a little better because I can see that. Um, 19% of the ratings are four and a half. So I think that's, in, I mean, hey, we, I think it's, we fit it's in with 19%. Company. Is that the highest percentage? No, the highest percentage is actually five stars. 36% of viewers gave it a five star rating. Okay. Well, I think we're in fine company. Then we're in the upper yeah. half. Yeah. So we agree All with right. what's uh, 19 and 36 together. <laughs> a lot. A lot. We're in the top 50%. Yeah. Exactly. All right. Well, that is, uh, John oh. Carpenter's The Thing. What do you have? It's been the wheel. Oh, yeah. I thought you were going to get something. Yeah, no, no. so um, we're doing Halloween, if you haven't heard, this month. So <laughs> yeah. this is going to be – we're spinning this wheel of Halloween movies. Um, we've been spinning it all month. It has two choices from each of us. We've already done two, both of David's choices. David's out. No more David. And, uh, no more David movies. We which did one ca- of which was great. I uh, I had this whole scare. Oh, I was really oh, afraid. Yes. I hate. I was, I was scared of things, and uh, luckily I got out of it with only like two real scares in this movie, mm-hmm. and no real scares in Identity except for the cars crash scene. Right. But uh, so, you know, the moment where he's holding the blood and it just goes out of the thing. We haven't legitimately crap my pants. <laughs> we haven't talked about yet if we want to try to do anything special, but if we don't do anything special, this could be the last spin of the wheel for the year of yeah. of halloween oh yeah yeah there's only I one more know. week I of halloween if we want to do more we can we, i'm just saying we've not talked about that so yeah. if but if we don't do it this is this could be it i think we should i agree i would like to do a few more and and yeah. maybe throw out some bonus episodes if yeah, we yeah. can make it happen i, I would like to do a double feature yeah, I think we absolutely oh, could do more of these. Oh, so many sequels double feature. That's mm. a cool idea. All right, well, looks like we've got Sleepy Hollow still on that list. Yep. Co- Color Out of Space. Yep, yeah, that's Josh. Exorcist. <laughs> yeah, that's uh, Garrett's. The Frighteners. Yes. Frighteners. And The Conjuring. Yep. So, am I ever going to get a movie in the game? <laughs> Man, personally, I hope not. <laughs> Andrew hasn't had a movie out get picked either. Personally, I kind of hope not to. Mine are both well, very scary. Yeah, but Andrews aren't hollow. scary. No, he they're not. A, That's he... why I'm hoping for Andrews. 
He picked a gothic romance and uh, whatever the Frighteners is. <laughs> it's a, uh, what is that? Isn't that the, uh, the, your boy, the Lord of the Rings man? Peter Jackson. Oh, Peter Jackson. Peter, Peter, Peter Jackson, Jackson movie. <laughs> With Marty McFly. Marty McFly and hey. Jake Busey. No, with you and Jake Busey. Busey again. Ah, with the dang you and the No more abuse. <laughs> I gave us our only, the only doubts of Busey we could take in a year. Okay. Spin the wheel. If it lands on a blank one, we spin again. Yep. I'm scared. Oh, okay. They blank again. Dang it, the oh. Frighteners. Yeah. <laughs> David's not getting scared this week. <laughs> <laughs> I've never heard about this movie being scary. It's gonna be great. No, I haven't. Listen, either. y'all. This is why we got to do a double feature. Yes, because this wheel, this wheel has failed us. We have not watched a single scary movie this entire movie. The thing was the and the that movie wasn't scary with the blood. Neither and, uh, of these movies. I got were scared scary. whenever the ground started being alive. That was really scary. <laughs> the thing was the get closest. Back out there in that scary. icy cold Antarctica now. And for the life of me, I cannot remember what the first movie we did was. Well, I know what I you, know did, what last you did last summer. I always forget it. It wasn't scary. You know, you know, scary. unintentionally, we've been on a murder mystery kick and not a not yes. a scary Halloween kick because that movie was also like a mystery where people were being murdered. We need to we, we need to that. do we need to do knives out for Halloween night. Yes, yeah. exactly. No, yes. it's a Halloween movie. Yeah. None so of the movies we've watched were Halloween movies. I know. I mean, yeah. No, I know what you did last summer was. That's a yeah. slash, that's legitimate slash. I'll give it one, but it was, but it was not as scary as 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 it could no, have been. It was not. No, it wasn't. No, no. And too I, bad too. I was really looking forward to being terrified horror. like last year. And this is and the Frighteners is a comedy. <laughs> Andrew, no, you know what? No executive decision. No, <laughs> Conjuring. I can't do that. It's not fair. We're going to do the conjuring and the okay. ex- All right. Yeah, we're having a we're now we're in a meeting. Now we're in a no, meeting. Yeah, we're we're going to do these meeting. other movies. I'm going to watch the conjuring. I'll well, get us. <laughs> it does say it says comedy horror. Yeah. All right. Fine. And we have done Zombieland and Happy Death Day. So Fine. Yeah. Those are fun. As he sits there with his Coming to the table with a face. comedy. What's wrong with you? A Does lot. anybody get to? We should have checked him. That's 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 our fault. We should have checked him. Yeah. Hey, at least we get to do a Michael J. Fox movie. He does look a lot like. He's Michael always Burgess. a joy. His his okay. last movie. His last movie. Well, that'll be an interesting element. Yeah. Well, join us next week for the Frighteners. <laughs> well, are we gonna? Oh no no no! Are we are we not gonna do a double feature? Well, well, we'll do. We'll talk about that. Here we'll talk about it. For now, we'll just do the Frighteners. But maybe For now, we'll, we'll leave them in suspense. We'll do another episode, I'm sure. Okay. We're not done with Halloween yet. I refuse to be done with Halloween until something scares me, dang it. <laughs> and I take a lot to be scared. <laughs> yeah, you do. Unfortunately, I have a sick... I take very uh, little to be scared. Yeah. I have a very sick mind when it comes to horror movies. This has been a terrifying Halloween for me. Listen, I'm just saying, between Conjuring and... And Color Out of Space, I don't actually know if that's scary. I just thought it'd be fun. But I could have picked a movie far scarier than The Conjuring. So I know. And I appreciate that. I appreciate that. Um, I appreciate that anyway. I'll never end up watching it. It's right. Great. Yeah. Okay. This is the end of this. Um, <laughs> find us online on your favorite apps, Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook. 
Instagram is probably your best bet. Mm-hmm. We're, we're making memes now. Yeah. <laughs> you may I, have I seen honestly, our, I may have, may have wasted my meme for this week. You, you may have seen our, our identity meme. meme. Yeah. And I same, will say. Could have done the same joke for this one. <laughs> that did, that did, uh, that meme's doing pretty well. It was liked by John Cusack fans. Who knew such a thing existed? That's basically John Cusack. John Cusack fans, by the way, has 46,000 followers. Wow. So how to, you know, hey. 46,000 people like John Cusack fans. Wish they could share it. That'd be great. Find us there. Find us us on Letterboxd. You can also find our personal profiles on Letterboxd. Mm -hmm. Follow us and we will follow you back probably because why not? Yeah, yeah. And we'll be back next time. Be sure to subscribe to our YouTube channel and our podcast feed, whichever one you'd like. Both would be ideal. And we'll see you guys next time with The Frighteners, the great comedy horror film from known comedy horror director Peter Jackson, starring <laughs> known horror actor Michael J. Fox. <laughs> Bye. Guess we'll just wait and see what happens. Yeah.